Hey there, friends. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to extend an invite to our new Collaboration Zone Zoom call starting July 1st, running every second week. This is a free Zoom chat get together with all of my entrepreneur friends in the Rise and Recovery Network, where we get to share mind and business growth tips and strategies, and you get to network with other entrepreneurs of all experience levels. So if you want to level up your business and get connected, book your spot today. Just head on over to www.theroadforward.ca slash collaboration zone. When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves, live up to their true potential, and answer the question, what lies beyond recovery for you? Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. I'm super grateful you're here, and I'm really excited about my new collaboration zone Zoom calls. These are going to start July 1st. I'm going to rotate time zones to make sure that everybody can attend. They will be running once every two weeks. Space will be limited because this is a very interactive group. And basically, I'm going to be starting it off with 10 minutes of training. It's going to be focused on beliefs, mindset, and the brain science of growth because that's an area of expertise that I'm really diving into. And then we're going to do this speed connection round where basically you get to do an introduction of who you are, what services you provide, and you get to ask for connections, favors, or feedback from the rest of the group. So this is ideal if you're looking to improve specific skills as we'll have you know, members in the community that can help with LinkedIn growth, Facebook group growth, marketing, sales, all that kind of stuff. So basically this is an opportunity for you to network and really um, find somebody who can help complement what you're already doing. And then at the end, we're gonna be doing 10 minutes of either hot seat calls where you can volunteer to basically have the rest of the group give you feedback on an area that you're currently struggling with, or we're gonna be doing member training. So I will be talking to members in advance of the calls for people who are attending, and we get to pick one person who has 10 minutes to share their tips and strategies to the rest of the group and really shine. So you get to showcase your skills and this is going to be recorded as a podcast episode. So make sure you show up, let us know who you are, what you do, so we can share that with the rest of the community. I am really excited about today's episode because we have my friend Tawana Taylor, who is the founder and CEO of Bootstrap Dreams. Tawana is absolutely incredible. Um, I met Tawana probably about six months ago now, 
And she has connected me with so many amazing people, uh, some have which become close friends and who have also been guests on the show. So I'm incredibly grateful for everything she does. She is a wealth of information. If you're someone who's an entrepreneur and you wanna learn how to grow your business, you definitely wanna go and follow Tawana and find out what she's doing. She shares her amazing story of overcoming adversity, which included a devastating public divorce, but that all led to her discovering her purpose. And of course, we talk about some of the mistakes that new entrepreneurs make in terms of their marketing. So make sure you stay tuned for the entire episode because you're going to learn so much. Make sure you grab a pen and a piece of paper and I'll see you after the show. I am hanging out today with my friend Tawana Taylor, who is the founder and CEO of Bootstrap Bootstrap Dreams. How are you? It is a tongue twister. I'm good, (laughs) Tamar. How are you? I am great. Now, people don't know this, but we've actually been chatting for about an hour and 20 minutes, and we probably should have been recording because there was some some good nuggets there. We had some good conversation. Mm -hmm. We dropped some gems for one another. I I think so too. And we'll do a part two of this because I definitely think we have to, but why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do? Thank you so much. I'm just so excited to be here and our prep talk was amazing. So Tawana Taylor, as you've already shared, I help entrepreneurs take action on profitable ideas with ease, right? No overwhelm and use processes and systems to achieve desired results. And what that means is you are a person, high achieving visionary. You've got an amazing idea. Sorry, my phone went off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is it ringing on her side? Real life people, we are doing this real life. Yep, we are. um, you know, you've got an amazing idea, you know it can be profitable, and even more so, you know it can serve others, yet you're like, I have no idea what to do next. I'm stuck. How in the world can I make this happen? I'm your person. I'm the person that you'd want to meet. And so with over 15 years of experience in small business and state government, I use all that project management expertise to make things happen, get them done. And that is an acronym that I share. I teach. I help others lead others through it. And it's all about turning that idea into a realization for the betterment and for the benefit of not only you, the person who created it, but for the people that you intend to serve. And she's good. Like like I said, (laughs) we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes and sharing ideas and brainstorming. She takes notes. Absolutely. Um, But yes, definitely. Um, I'm going to put all your contact information, of course, in the show notes because I have benefited so much too. So let's go back. You, you know, maybe not to the day you were born. I mean, you oh, can start there if you I'm want, kidding. but nobody we can... wants to hear all that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a purple baby. I cried a little bit. Um, right. But you're no stranger to overcoming adversity, which held encounters with substance abuse, of course, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of what the show is about. So can you mm-hmm. go back and kind of tell us what, you know, life was like back then? life back then. So my first encounters with it were was through my dad, actually. I am a daughter of the army and so proud of it. I love my America, even though I don't agree with everything that happens within, right? Um, but I am an American girl and I appreciate the, the, the diverse life 
and experiences that being a daughter of the army has given me because I don't lead with my complexion. I know this podcast is audible, <laughs> but I am African-American. Um, yet I go forward knowing that I'm a person and I am just as capable, competent and committed as any other person. And I don't know how to do life without doing it in community. Right. And so I didn't grow up with grandmother. I didn't grow up with aunties and cousins and them being by default, by nature of being blood relatives, being my environment. My family has always been neighbors. My family has always been schoolhouse people and, you know, even even church friends, you know. So when my dad, he always had um, alcohol. Alcohol was always a thing. Cigarettes were always a thing. Right. And for mo very common for most people like, oh, big deal. No problem. Right. I get it. Well, as my parents' marriage matured, they were together for 28 years before it ultimately ended in divorce. Um, but when my dad came out of the military, he did not rehabilitate to civilian life well. And I was, gosh, let me see if I could date it tomorrow. I was in fourth or fifth grade when I really realized, wait a minute, there's something strange about his behavior. You know, my parents, I mean, they were absolutely parents, right? And, at, and at, in fourth and fifth grade, I didn't know that the marriage was, was, was something was wrong with the marriage. I'm not looking at the marriage. I'm just looking at mom and dad, right? My dad was absolutely present. Every school activity, he was video recording. Every cheerleading practice, he was available for. Every, they thought he was a single dad. They didn't even know my parents were married because my mom worked by day, my, by day. My dad worked at night. So he was available during the day to come to all of the school stuff, right? And he was, he was just very involved. And so um, little disagreements escalated into arguments in a way I never saw before. I'm talking foaming at the mouth mad. I'm talking slamming stuff into walls. I'm talking, you know, he was very smart. Um, he never uh, uh, hit my mother in a way that it would, it would leave a, vis a visible mark, but there was a lot of cursing. There was a lot of name calling. There was a lot of belittling. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear. And I just couldn't wrap my head around, how did this person act like this? Like the person that was at school with me today, it's 2 a.m. in the morning now. <laughs> Who is this person, right? Who is this person? And so again, I was, I was uh, 15, 16 when they officially separated. So you're talking about years of trauma. You're talking about years of seeing things that you wouldn't wish on a dog with rabies, right? Just the, the, the abuse, the fear, the, you know, just being frustrated all the time. Um, feeling feeling violated and you're you know you write a diary and it gets found and then gets used against you and there's nothing really in it because you're a kid <laughs> right but it, it's your thoughts it's your thoughts and so that's once that's when i realized oh drug abuse right that's when my mom had to sit me down because that's when she she became aware and she had to sit me down and say i know dad is doing this but this is not who he is and you still respect your dad. You still love your dad. But if there's ever time that you feel safe, you know what to do. You pick up the phone. I mean, you don't feel safe, excuse me. You know, you pick up the phone and you dial 911, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that became the nature of, of what we were because my mother was very, 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 at that time, I dare say religious. Now, we're, we're, we've always been spiritual, right? We believe in God. That's our, that's our faith. Um, and my mom was a praying woman and she would always pray that it would just get better, that he would change, that it would get better, that he would change. And I remember even fast forward tomorrow into middle school being like, mom, seriously though, can we leave? 
I had gotten to a I had gotten defiant to a point where school was my outlet. So I excelled in school, right? Because I, I could be away. I would get in every extracurricular activity to not go home, especially on Friday, because Friday was payday. And you know what that means? You need money to fuel the addiction. Yeah. Fridays were nightmares in my household coming up as a child. Absolutely nightmares. So if I could beg for a sleepover, I would beg for it. Not knowing that I would, whether or not I'd have a mom to come back home to, but I just didn't want to be there when whatever would happen happened, you know? And, and it, it just, I just like thinking back now, it's like, man, that's tough. Mm -hmm. And then growing up as a woman, the conversations that my mother and I had now, you know, and me being a mother, uh, my daughter is six years, six years old now. And thinking like, wow, like how scared she must have been, not just for herself, but for me, her child. My brother and I are almost six years apart. So he was gone. Um, of course, he saw a lot. We have we have very, you know, we have shared views and we have very different views of what happened by gender and by age. You know, he was privy to what was going on a lot sooner than I was, of course. Um, but when things really, really escalated, really, really got scary, really, really was like, <laughs> I don't even know what's going to happen this weekend. Like, I don't even want this weekend to come. Like, Friday, please don't come. Like, can we just go from Thursday to Monday? <laughs> yeah. Like, in a week? Um, he was not home, but he, there were times where he, he, he ended up going AWOL from the Marines to help, trying to help my mother and I, trying to help. He would hear about the instances, you know, he would call in and I would answer the phone and he would hear, you know, my dad being irate in the background. And he was, he was stationed in Oceanside, California, and he would just hop in his car and drive from Oceanside, California to Georgia because he was scared for us. He wanted to help. He wanted to protect us. Wow. That's how... <laughs> That's, that's how deep it was. And, you know, to think back on that and encountering drug, drug, you know, abuse and substance abuse, addiction rather, I'm sorry, addiction and substance abuse, from that standpoint as a child, growing up, you know, maturing into teenage years, into adulthood, understanding that how deep this runs and how closely it runs, there are certain things that I absolutely should not dabble in because I'm so susceptible. I am very petite as a person. Mm -hmm. My tolerance is crazy high. And I learned that even in college, like there's no reason why I should still be standing up with these other men and all my other girlfriends are knocked down on the floor. Like this is nuts, you know, like there's no reason. I am five one, <laughs> you know, super petite. Like how is this, how is this happening? And just learning myself like, okay, girl, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reel this, you gotta reel this back. You got to reel this in and you got to make some some real conscious decisions because you are susceptible. You are highly susceptible to addiction. My own uh, instance in college stepped in when I came to the realization that I was taking NyQuil just to go to sleep. Right. I was taking NyQuil just so that I could sleep because my schedule was so crazy in college because I was living a full college life. I was doing my studies and I was partying and having fun. And I was a part of every, you know, potential organization <laughs> that you could because I was I was checking down the list. Right. You go to school, you get an education, you intern, you volunteer, you do all these things to position you for a super dynamic career. Right. I was just checking the box because I was doing what what I was taught to do. But in order for me to sleep at the time that I needed to sleep, because I only, that was the only time, whether it was daytime or nighttime, I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, wind down and go to sleep. It's like, no, I've only got about two or three hours. I need to sleep and I need to sleep now. And so I started taking NyQuil to do it. And then months would go by and I'm like, you know what? This is not, 
cool. Like I'm, I'm doing this now unconsciously. Like I'm getting ready for bed and the NyQuil is, is at my nightstand. I'm not sick. I'm not stuffy. I'm not coughing. I don't have a fever. Whatever NyQuil is really designated to do, that's not why I'm using it. And this is substance abuse. And so I had to get, you know, get, get support, acknowledge it, and then choose to stop and find another way. Yes. Okay, go get one. Whatever you want. All right, <laughs> mom, mom mode. And so, um, so that's when I was like, okay, I gotta be careful and stop, stop and stop now before this leads to it, you know, other things, anything else. Fast forward beyond that, right? So you're getting through college, doing my- mm -hmm. Yes, baby, yes, yes. <laughs> She's bargaining right now. She's know I'm compromised. We're on the interview. She's um, a smart girl. She's a smart girl. So uh, fast forward, uh, you know, beyond college, entrepreneurship started my first journey in entrepreneurship. I was working full time. I was in my grad school, getting my master's degree full time. Met at the time the love of my life. Got married. Became a mom. Right. Got married. Did all this stuff. And okay, everything's going great. We had built our dream home from the ground up, you know, living this life, everything that we planned was happening. We're traveling, we're doing all these great things. And then I get surprised that I am not the only, we are not the only two in the marriage. And so at that point I had to make a conscious decision and I knew growing up being a, you know, a teenager, if you will, of divorced parents and then having experience that, you know, you could be, you could be married and still feel very much alone. And seeing that with my mom, I said, well, it's not going to take me 28 years, right? I'm not going to give 28 years of my good life and my good time and my daughter's experience because I just want to be selfish and I just want to be in relationship. That doesn't make sense if it's not healthy, if it's not supportive, if it's not committed. Set myself free so that I can be available for what it is that I really desired, right? And for what I deserve in life. And so I made the decision to divorce. And when I made that decision, I also made the decision to absolutely quit alcohol. Absolutely quit alcohol. The number one reason to do that is because I said, I'm not going to do this well, right? For the most part, I was a social drinker. Friends would come over. We had an amazing bar and friends would come and we hosted parties all the time. I mean, sick. We had, we were owners of chafing pans and everything. Like we did it <laughs> right. Right. Like we did the thing. Yeah. And I said, this is one time I can see myself turning to alcohol just to drown everything out. Because of all things that happened, of all the choices that could have been made, this was the one statistic that I didn't want to fall into. I came from a, I come from a, a, a history, generational trajectory of single and or widowed and or divorced women. And I was like, no, the buck stops here, right? I'm gonna be different. This is, this is not gonna be my story. And it, it crushed me. It absolutely crushed me because there was nothing that led me to believe that it would make sense. Like, why? Like, we, we had everything that we set out to have. We were living the life that we said we were going to, to live. Like, we, what happened? What conversation didn't I tap into? Like, what was missed? What did I deny? Right? Like, asking those questions, just trying to figure out. Did I, what did I miss? Did I miss something? Am I confused? No, I'm not confused here. 
I followed through with my side of the commitment for whatever reason, this person made a different decision. So now I have to make the informed decision on what is well for myself. And that's just it. You know, there's always room for improvement, but that's just it. And so I literally said, I'm going, I'm not going to do this well. So I'm not going to drink. And then I also said, I don't want to give anyone else a reason to have something to use against me because you know, when you make these kind of kind of changes, shifts, and it's not gonna be mean well for the other person. And it's it's visible, right? This divorce was very, it was publicly humiliating. It was very devastating. Um, and it, 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 listen, you know, that picture portrait, what is it, the, pic, the picture perfect family, you know, that, that, that many people try to have? Well, took a jackhammer to it and shattered it, shattered it. And so not only was it seen amongst our family and our friend groups, but it was also seen in our careers. And that was not taken well because the person I was married to was a very high level executive, well, still is a very high level executive. That's, that's not, right? That doesn't fit. That doesn't fit the position, right? Everything is perfect. I've got it all together. I've got my big house. I've got my pretty family. I've got my, and now you've been exposed. Right. Not because I've said anything, but because of your actions, you know. And so I had to stop alcohol because I knew I wasn't going to do it well. And I didn't want to give the other person or anybody else a reason to say, uh huh. See, that's why you did what you did, because look at her. Right. So I took ownership. I took ownership of this is one thing in my life that I can control. I can't control anything else maybe right now. But what I can control is how I'm going to make myself be response able to the situation so that I can be responsible for all the things that life requires of me. You know, attending to this divorce, handling it in a way, nothing, it's not personal at this point, it's business, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I can go to my therapist when I wanna cry and scream. I can go to, you know, my church ministry when I want people to pray with me and over me. And I can um, go to support groups when I wanna vent and just be felt in my reality. But I've gotta make sure that I'm responsible so that I can be responsible and show up as a mother, my daughter was only 16 months old, you know, so show up as a mother and to show up in my career because I had teams depending on me to lead, you know? So those are my um, very personal um, instances with substance abuse, with drug addiction um, and the little, the nuances that come out with it. And I know there are, you know, I know there are, are, are realities that are far more extreme, but that, that's my reality. <laughs> and it's who I am now is a result of those experiences and by the grace that is absolutely poured out over me um, because there are some people that are like I have no idea how you survive or I have no idea how you choose to be so open and, and encouraged and inspired and confident and want to share those things with others because I don't know that I could be so you know and I'm like listen those experiences weren't just meant for me to have they were meant for me to help and serve others. So through my entrepreneurship, it's not just about you starting an amazing business. From the women's standpoint, it's about helping women not suffer in silence because things do happen to us, whether they're by our own hand or whether they we are casualty by circumstance. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what the what is, because all of our it's are different. So regardless of what it is, we can go forward encouraged and we can go forward in confidence with an understanding that yes, it happened. And yes, it sucked, but I am not defined by it. 
right? I am still worthy. I still have a life that's worth living because I have I have a great essence, a great mission, a great movement, knowledge, skills, and abilities and gifts that I can use to lift others and to rise by lifting others beyond, right? Beyond that experience. So like, you know, your podcast, The Road to Recovery, right? Beyond Recovery is all about now acknowledging now, but recognizing that this is just a moment in time. Sometimes the moment is a day. Sometimes the moment is an hour. Sometimes the moment is years. But so long as we have life and breath in our body, when we make that conscious decision to live beyond the now, we can absolutely transcend and move into that new momentum. And we don't have to be defined by all of the past. Like, let's not let our shadow block our vision the future absolutely and i there's so many things like so first of all the nyquil um when i actually got sober Mm -hmm. i would i went full-on into another addiction which was health and Mm -hmm. i started exercising all the time and eating really strict and i would actually to curb my drinking because i hadn't i actually didn't get sober first i decided Mm -hmm. that i'm going to change how I look on the outside because I was 215 pounds Uh that will heal who I am on the inside logically right because if I look better you'd feel better and we're air quoting here we're air quoting for sure (laughs) and no not the case but anyway like I'd be like well how am I going to drink less and I would actually drink three beers and I would Uh log them because I was really diligent on being that A student and then I would have half a bottle of NyQuil to pass out but guess what there's alcohol in NyQuil too believe it or not absolutely absolutely yeah but I love how you've actually discovered and I feel the same way is that we all go through stuff right Mm -hmm. we all face adversity addiction all these kind of different things and I think a lot of people get stuck in the and I know I was very complacent in early sobriety like I'd created Mm -hmm. this good foundation and I thought I should just be grateful and I should just settle right but I always had this burning desire that I, th- I feel like I'm meant for more. Like I feel yes. like I've got this huge past. And at first I had these limiting beliefs where I'm like, well, I'm an alcoholic addict. Like that's mm. who I am. And I allowed that to find me. And then mm-hmm. I actually had a mentor of mine. She said, Tamar, you have a story. You have a voice. You need to yes. share that. Yes. And she said, what if you share your story and someone else can relate? And someone yes. says, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And mm-hmm. that actually led me to do the self-analysis to discover that my purpose is to help people in recovery find a life beyond it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about, because we were talking about, you know, overcoming adversity and discovering your purpose as a result. And you do mm-hmm. some amazing things. And I believe that I love empowering <laughs> uh, so many things. Um, I believe that empowering people to mm-hmm. really go, you know what, I can stand above the crowd. And I don't mean yes. that in an egotistical way. I mean, Not that is all. in a you can be who you are, right? And you should be proud of that. And you should like, you know, so can you talk more on how your adversity and overcoming everything that you have have really led you into discovering your purpose in life? Mm -hmm. Adversity led me um, to discovering my purpose in life because like you just expressed, I saw a benefit in choosing to be set apart, right? So as you can imagine, when... I stopped drinking, how many friends also fell away, 
right? And not that I said, don't invite me anywhere if you're going to have alcohol. I never said that. That was my that was my choice. Nobody else had to make that choice. Nobody else had to stop doing what they were doing, right? Like, you, okay, we're going to go to dinner and you're going to have a drink. I'm not going to shun you because you choose to order. I would even ask. There are times where I'd say, oh, can I smell your wine, right? Yeah. I just... I just wanted to smell it and just kind of like reminisce like, oh, I remember like, I re you know, the aroma of that. I, oh, I, I bet that has this kind of hues in it and this kind of notes in it and say, like, I would just want to remember, right? There were just certain things like a martini. Oh man, that was my thing. Lemon drop, gum drop, pomegranate, you named it, right? I just had certain preferences and, but I, I made the choice. And when I made that choice, there were certain things that I just stopped getting invited to. There would be certain happenings that would happen. And I had to recognize like, oh, the, this is their best attempt to A, protect me, right? This is, this is the framing. This, it's, not, it's not that this conversation was had. This is how I choose, chose to position it in my mind because I'm like, it's not really personal. They just don't see how this could fit with them anymore because I'm not sitting around doing the same things, right? And the truth of the matter is when you do make a decision to set yourself apart, the things that you used to do, they kind of don't incite you anymore. And so when even when I would be in those atmospheres and everyone else is drinking and laughing and you know they're in their vibe, I'm there, I'm high on life, but I'm also looking around like, do you really need this to feel good? Like, really? I'm not saying this, but this is how I'm feeling inside. And I would start saying to myself, you know, I really don't need to be here. Like, cause I, there's, I, I can be doing a whole bunch of other cool stuff right now. <laughs> right? Like just then sitting, laughing around, running my mouth about nothing um, and being drunk while doing it. Like I could totally be having a good hearted conversation with somebody else. I could totally be working on that business plan that I thought I could totally be right. And so it really helped me recognize that I've got, other great things that I can be investing in with my time, with my energy, with my ideas. And there are other great people who are also going to be interested. Why don't I start initiating conversations in that direction and see what happens? And well, new friendships started brewing, new opportunities started taking shape, new um, collaborative collaborations and, and, you know, ways to make money even just started appearing because what we focus on grows. And so the more I focused on my new person, right? As in, I'm still, still at the heart, that very inner voice, right? At, at all ages and at all seasons of life, there's that inner voice that's been with you since you were conceived. It's been with you since you were a child. And the hopes and dreams of that inner person, they may look a little different, but the intent of them never go away. And so when I started revisiting, well, what are some of those things that I hoped for? What are some of those things that I wanted? When I focused on that, it grew and the opportunities within them grew. And then here comes the Tawana that you all are hearing and meeting now that helps others make their realities, you know, make, make their visions, their ideas, their dreams come true and, and, and make a profitable businesses out of it, you know? So that is like realizing that it's okay to be different. It's okay to choose differently. There's actually a, a pros to it. And whatever you feel like you're gonna leave behind, whatever you feel like you're gonna miss, it will be filled with what you want and what you need in that newness. Oh, I love that. And, you know, the believing in yourself and just 
when you have that feeling of, because I felt that, I was like, I feel mm -hmm. like I have a greater purpose yep. and I am not my past. Mm -hmm. I have the choice mm -hmm. and that's very empowering in itself, right? Yes. Going, I'm responsible. You said it in the beginning. Yep. And I have the choice to be whatever it is that I want to be. So mm -hmm. when you, you know, kind of dove into the world of entrepreneurship, because, mm -hmm. you know, you've done so many amazing things. Yeah. What are some of the mistakes you made in early entrepreneurship? Oh, listen, the number <laughs> one mistake that we make, I made in early entrepreneurship, right? Because this, so this is my second round of entrepreneurship, my first time full time bootstrap dreams. Mm -hmm. I had a handcrafted jewelry business for eight years prior to that. So while I was working, while I had getting my grad you know, degree, while I was getting married, having kids, building a house, all that stuff, I had a handcrafted jewelry business. And each time, the number one thing I did, and I'm gonna say that you can wait to do, you don't need this to get started, is branding. First, do your market research, right? Have good-hearted conversations. Share your idea. Get talking. Take that feedback and make sure you're not just all caught up in your head that you've got a great idea. It is great. Now make sure the result of your great idea actually feels a need and is serving the people in the manner in which they see you as an absolute solution, right? It makes sense to them because people won't buy confused. So if you don't know who you are, and if you don't know absolutely what it is that you're providing to others, whether it's product or a service, how in the world are you gonna have a brand, right? How are, you, how are you going to go through the nuances and the psychology of what colors to pick, what, what, what kind of shapes or images your logo is going to need, even what your, your, your tagline or perhaps company name will be if you aren't confident in what you're doing, who you're serving, where you will show up and how you will serve, your bigger why, because you will have hills and valley in your entrepreneurial journey, mentally, emotionally, morally, and financially. Um, and when you're going to get it started, answer those W's and then you can brand, right? Um, one other, if I can throw in another nugget, yeah. right? So we immediately think I got to go file and get my LLC and open up my business banking and get my EIN. Let me share with you. I am not saying don't do that. Be, please be compliant, right? Please be compliant. What I am sharing is think of it like a wedding. As soon as you slap business on it, everything gets expensive. So try it out first, right? Um, validate your concept. If somebody says, yes, I'd like to work with you, or yes, I'd like to buy one or whatever, generate, generate, give yourself a revenue goal. Generate a little revenue. Open up a separate personal checking account to move things through, right? You don't have to get a business banking account right away. You can just open up one or two or three. Uh, you'll hear about like business banking architectures or profit first models, but you can open up multiple separate personal business accounts so you can keep your the money that you make separate from your everyday day to day. You know, if you're working, you know, your, 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 your employment income and, and all that stuff, expenses, you want to keep it separate from the beginning. Start out, keep, start out separating things out from the beginning, but just simply open up another personal checking account so that you can receive all your revenue and or make all of your expenses out of. So that way you, you're clean from the beginning, validate that idea, 
then once it makes sense, you can register your business name, you can get your federal employer ID, you can open up your business banking, and then you can keep moving. And that personal checking account that you already have, now you can have revenue going into the business checking account and filter out paying yourself as a part of the deal, right? Mm -hmm. So you're gonna take a part out for you and then you're gonna filter some parts out for your expenses and you're gonna filter some parts out for your taxes and you're gonna filter some parts out to save for your next natural move in business. So that way when you're ready to, to invest more into your business, you've got it. But don't invest all into the business because especially when you go into full-time entrepreneurship, you gotta survive. You wanna thrive. If you take every dime you make and put it all back into the business, you will not have any, how are you gonna have meals? How are you gonna put gas in your car? How are you going to pay your utilities? How are you going to be a person, a human, right? So separate that out and you can simply do that by just having other checking accounts. Mm -hmm. So that would be my other nugget. Don't be so quick to brand and invest in websites and logos and all this stuff. What you need to do is invest in your confidence to show up and start having the conversations. People buy with who they know, like, and trust. I have not had a single person to me come to me and say, I want to do business with you because I like your logo. Not a <laughs> single one. And I actually like my logo, right? I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it at all. I like it a lot. But no one has come to me to work with me because of my logo. People come to me to work with me. They come to me to collaborate with me. The podcast you're hearing right now, right between Tamar and I, was because we had a good-hearted conversation mm -hmm. and we shared synergy and saw the benefit and how can we now support one another in business? How can we now share one another's goodness in life? And if it makes sense, a business opportunity come out of it, mm -hmm. but not because we had great logos and websites and all the other stuff that businesses can have and that can be a benefit. They're subsequent. Mm -hmm. You first are important. You are your brand, right? Even if you're fully employed, you are your personal brand and your, your business, your mission, your core values, everything that you're serving and bringing to others should be aligned with that. They don't have to be separate. They don't have to be separate. So those would be my two nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I love those nuggets. And it is true, right? Because I did early on, I was worrying. I'm like, well, I got to have the logo and I got to have this. And I yeah. finally thought, okay, I got to stop and focus on what's important. Is that yep. whose life do I want to touch? I need mm -hmm. to know that. I need to know how to talk to those people because I am that person. That's right. And, you know, That's helping right. people become empowered. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate that you do that because I think we need more people like you. And we Thank have you. to have a part two of this interview. Because... Oh, certainly. <laughs> certainly. You know, like it matters. And, and the, the empowerment side is, um, and I've shared this with you, Tamar. The empowerment side is you may be new to whatever it is you're going through forward in, right? Whatever your beyond is, you may be new to that. It may feel uncertain. It may be unfamiliar. That's okay. Step towards it and you will be given great assistance along the way. It will find you, right? Because you're showing up for it. So as you go forward in your newness, you are not new to that inner heart of who you are, right? With everything that you have overcome, again, whether you, you did it, or whether it was done to you, you got through it. If you're listening to this right now, you got through it. That is not new to you. That resilience, that, that, that tenacity, even if you couldn't call it that at the time, 
you tap into it and you keep that with you as you go forward. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Don't don't think it's it doesn't count for anything. It counts for more than you can put a dollar amount to. And so I always share with my clients and anybody else that I meet, remember, you might be new to the business, but you are not new to the experience you bring to the opportunity. Your experiences, every single one of them mean something and will serve you well in life, in family, in ministry, in business. And if you just so happen to make money while doing it, pat yourself on the back because you've made it work for you instead of you working so hard for it. It finally makes sense. So share it. Oh, I love yeah. that. I yeah. just, I want to, I, I need to get this all transcribed because I, you know, it's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. When you stand in your own power, right? In yes. your own experience. And I mean, mm -hmm. You know, I, when I first had those beliefs that who am I to do this kind of thing? I'm like, I've got a doctor's in addiction. Like, who am I kidding? You know, I didn't right. go to school for four years for this and not to take away from anybody that does. Right. But I've got 20 plus years living this. Living this. And listen, and I too, I have all kind of papers and stuff, right? I've got papers and formalities and whatnot. But here's the thing. There is nothing like living it so that you can walk someone through the application of information. Yeah. Anyone who ha who can read can read. <laughs> right? But reading and applying are two totally separate things and that's what I love about being a certified project manager. I'm like if that means anything to you, I did not just pay and pass an exam. I had to be audited as a practitioner of this industry yeah. before I was ever credentialed in the thing, right? Yeah. And so your years of experience count for something. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be pretty. Matter of fact, it's the unpretty that I learn most from more than anything. So if I can take what is about my life, what was, what has been, and what will be unpretty and share that with somebody else to help them realize that their unpretty means something and that they would not be who they are right now if it weren't unpretty and that they actually wouldn't even have as much value to give if it weren't for that unpretty. Embrace the unpretty, <laughs> right? Unpretty is what, is what meets people's needs. Yes. It is the unpretty part that helps people recognize, wow, my, my experience is not all that unique yet my story needs to be told anyway because if you had not shared with me i would not know the significance of my reality and i will not know how i would not have now known how to empower the next person that's going to meet me so share the unpretty share the process not just the wins that's why we have a lot of people um you know this this whole imposter syndrome thing right yeah. That's why that's happening because no one wants to talk about the process. They just want to share the wins. Yeah. And we don't get to the wins without the gradual small steps yeah. that happened before then. So you are not new to the experience that you bring to the opportunity. Own it, share it, show it, walk beyond it, and let that leverage you and be the best you that you now want to be. He and she starts right here, right now, on the back of everything that you've already overcome. Let that be the confidence that you go forward in. No one has permission and no one has the right to weaponize your story. When you own it, you can't be made ashamed of what you've already acknowledged to be unpretty, right? 
-hmm. when I look at my reality and when I share my story and, um, you know, my daughter has a brother, even I did not birth him. It's still her brother. And when people found out, they were like, wait a minute. And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't he cute? He is the cutest thing because the children are innocent. Yeah. Right. And it's still her very real reality. And so, yes, while sometimes it would sting, the truth is, wow, my, my daughter's got a sibling. Yeah. She's not an only anymore because I'm not, I'm not the kind of woman that's like hurrying to have kids. I didn't hurry to have her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't hurry to have her. Yeah. I was, you know, well, to almost 30 when I gave birth, you know, to my daughter. So now if you do the math, you know where I am in, in life, mm-hmm. right? But I was over, thir- you know, I was almost 30 when I gave birth to her. She's six now. Yeah. And I don't feel pressured to give her a sibling. I am single, I am living beyond divorce, you know, recovering, and I am grateful that I can just focus on me, her, and my business. That's my baby, (laughs) right? That's my baby. And just feeling confident that, wow, we co-parent well, and that she can truly share that as a part of her life, like her her actual full life, and not that she's missing anything. Mm -hmm. Because beyond all that happened, we are a community. And that is one of the greatest blessings that came out of that unpretty. Yeah. Right. And now I share how you can co-parent effectively. <laughs> it, it birthed a whole new thing. Right. Didn't know it was going to be a part of the journey, but it happened. And so just just to share that things, the things that aren't pretty can can become beautiful. Right. It's like pottery. Potters take an old jar, an old vase, an old basin that's cracked they shatter it and they add those pieces they crush those already cured and baked pieces and they add it to the wet clay and form something new because it makes that new thing even stronger Mm -hmm. so that's what you do with your life that's what you do with your beyond whatever you choose for it to be and if it happens to be a business getting paid is a part of the deal right if you're a nonprofit, you still need revenue to function. If you're a for-profit, you still want revenue, right? And you can do that while making a difference. Wow. Tawana, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Absolutely. I'm so, oh, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Like, like I, I'm like, we are in, we are in my zone here. Uh-huh. I love talking about business and how to manifest it. You can reach me uh, at Bootstrap Dreams, right? Anywhere you want to go. I'll keep it simple. Bootstrapdreams.com, at Bootstrapdreams on social media. You will find me there. And if you are a woman entrepreneur, I do have a free Facebook community called Results Driven Strategies for Women Entrepreneurs. And we have fun there. I teach, I go live every Tuesday with um, mindset and inspiration uplift. Every Wednesday, we have live Q&A, snap strategy sessions. You come on with me, whether you're in the chat or you get on video. You ask your questions, I get you your answers. On Thursday, anyone in the community can go live. I call it pop-up coach day. Show up, teach, give key takeaways, and you can promote yourself at the end. And on Fridays, every other Friday, we have guest speakers come in and talk about their zone of genius, their area of expertise. So. If that's you're looking, I don't want to do life alone and I'm I'm entrepreneurship, I may still be working full time or I'm full time and I'm just trying to figure out the darn thing. 
that is a safe community for you to go with. I'm not big on growing numbers just to make it a big group. I am big on community over competition. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a place where you want to just kind of figure it all out and, and you want to practice like, oh, I'm scared to talk publicly and go live, do it in the group. Do it in the group, do it with us. And that is, those are just some of the places that you can find me and know that you are welcome here. And I look forward to meeting you when you get there. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. I have thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Oh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I learned something new every time I, I converse with you. So thank you for sharing so much with me and for also filling my cup as well. You are a blessing. Well, I hope you took a lot out of that interview. I just love chatting with Tawana. She is just so authentic and I love her story, but I hope you enjoy that as much as I did. And remember to come and join us on our very first Collaboration Zone Zoom call starting July 1st, running every second week, where you get to network with like-minded entrepreneurs in recovery to scale your business. And did I mention these will be recorded and released as podcast episodes? That's right. So show up as your best because this is where we talk about what you do and how you can support others. You can register by going to www.theroadforward.ca slash collaboration zone. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.